Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12, and this is what it reads. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Do you have a place in your mind that just sort of radiates the idea of peace? A a, a place that you can think of. Maybe it's even a physical place. For me, it's a small country in Africa by the name of Zimbabwe. My wife Julie and I lived for 14 years overseas in Central Africa. We lived in a country named Zambia. Right next door to it was this small country called Zimbabwe. The reason I always associate Zimbabwe with peace is is because we took the vast majority of of our vacations in Zimbabwe. Beautiful country. Victoria Falls. Just this water rushing over. And to walk that path along the falls and and the beauty and the serenity of the rainforest that surrounds it. Just amazing. To canoe on the Zambezi River with elephants on the bank, hippos underneath the surface. It's an amazing experience. This country was a place where, because we took our vacations, even today if I sit and I, and I think about those vacations, I just kind of get that feeling of peace uh, overtaking in my, in my mind. I'm sure you have places like that too. Maybe even one of those places is, is your home, right? I mean, a home is a man's castle, they say. Many of us uh, love to think about just snuggling up with our kids or with our spouse, and you get that quiet, kind of push the world away. But we also realize that sometimes these places that we think of as being places of peace, wow, sometimes that peace can be awfully elusive and fleeting, can it? And that, that was driven home to me yesterday when I opened up the Saturday morning paper And in the paper was this huge, long article about Zimbabwe and and how the president who's been president there for more than 30 years, his name is Robert Mugabe, has basically intimidated and used his, his, uh, his troops and his police officers to win his way to another landslide election. And that country that I have associated in my mind with peace has now become a place of torment for, for very many people, a place where peace is not even to be thought about because of the violence of this one man. 
Now, I'm not here to do political commentary this morning. What I'm really here to do is just to say, isn't it amazing how a place that so represents peace in our minds can all of a sudden lose all of that? And that peace is so elusive, isn't it? Where, where we think or where we hope that we can find peace, we often go back maybe a day or a week or a month or years later and we find, wow, where did that peace that we so enjoyed, where did it, where did it go? And so this morning I want to talk about, is there a way that we can make peace less elusive? Is there a way that we can tap into a peace that goes beyond understanding, a peace that is stable and solid and that is not elusive and, and that does not evaporate like a mist? And as we look at Colossians chapter 3 this morning and we, we talk about icon, this, this last in the series of icon, we're going to find that we do have a pathway to enduring solid peace. And that pathway really leads through Jesus Christ. I remember um, a story I read recently about a, a young mom. And she was, uh, she was taking her second grader on a field trip. You've probably been there, some of you moms. And uh, in the back of her very large family van were about 10 second graders, her second grader and all the friends. And it was just a frenzy in the back. The kids were yelling at each other, screaming at each other, just having a ball, having so much fun. And it was noisy in there. And uh, she's so distracted and harried. I mean, her, this mom's schedule is just unbelievable to start with. And, and now she's got this crew of 10 second graders in the back of her van and as she approaches the place where the field trip is there's a stop sign but she's so distracted by all the noise and the din in the back that she misses the stop sign and she rolls right through it and right next to the stop sign is a security guard the security guard just looks at her and real harshly he says hey lady don't you know when to stop and this poor mother glancing into the back of the van she goes Hey, these kids aren't all mine. You ever feel that way? I mean, especially in summer, right? That place that was your peaceful little retreat, your home, all of a sudden it's overrun with kids. Or, or maybe in your own home between a spouse, a husband and wife. These things are so difficult at times. And, and we run through all kinds of different solutions. For, for trying to recover the peace that we think that we should be able to have in our homes. What I love about the Apostle Paul in Colossians, and you noticed it if you, if you read along with me just a few moments ago, is he takes this, this concept of the peace that we have in Jesus Christ, and he drives it right into our daily lives. In the Old Testament, there was a time when there was absolutely no peace for God's Old Testament children of God. They, um, they had been rebellious against God. They had not been putting God first in their lives. They had not been loving each other as God wanted them to do. God sent prophets one after another to, to warn them and to call them back to him and say, listen, if you really want to experience peace, if you really want to know what it means to not be in conflict all the time amongst yourselves and with all these countries outside Egypt and Assyria and Babylon, come to me. Trust me for peace, God was saying to them. But the Israelites would have none of it. They kept trying to, to get peace 
through building up their own wealth, through expanding their own kingdom, through building alliances with Egypt at one point and Assyria with another point and Babylon with another point. In other words, they kept trying to figure out a way to build their own peace. And I put a verse in your crosswalk notes this morning. Finally, God was seeing that, and this took hundreds of years, God was seeing that they were not going to understand that the one and only pathway to peace leads to him. And he sends this prophet Ezekiel. This is, this is actually after God is disciplining his children of Israel. And the way he disciplines them is he allows the Babylonian army to come in and conquer them, completely defeat them for once. And in fact, they're so completely defeated that the Babylonians end up carrying a lot of God's Old Testament children off into exile, into Babylon. And Ezekiel is one of those exiles. He's in Babylon now. The children of Israel are depressed and decimated because they're thinking, look, not only do we not have peace, now we're captives. We're, we're effectively in prison here in another country, not our own. Will we ever get a chance to go home and enjoy that peace, place of peace that God once gave us, that land flowing with milk and honey? Will we ever get to enjoy that again? And in this book of Ezekiel, look at what God says. Because they lead my people astray, saying peace when there is no peace, and because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. Therefore, tell those who cover it with whitewash that it is going to fall. Do you know what God was trying to say through Ezekiel? Stop trying to build the flimsy walls of your own peace. You think Egypt is going to protect you? They're a flimsy wall. And any prophet who tells you that Egypt can protect you, well, you see what happened. Those were guys just trying to cover their flimsy wall with whitewash and make it look a lot better than it was. Do we have flimsy walls covered with whitewash in our lives as we try to build that peaceful place in our lives? Maybe our own home, maybe some other place. It happens so often, you know. Maybe we're experiencing a conflict with a, with a spouse. And what do we do? We wall the spouse off and we run to the kids. And there's a flimsy wall built, and, and we go, you know what? If I can't find peace with my husband, if I can't find peace with my wife, I'll just hang with the kids. I find peace with them. Or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe the kids are just so, oh, you know, all day long, all, all I ever do is talk baby talk. You know, I just need an adult in my life. Or maybe if you're the dad, you've just had a Saturday where it's just you with the kids all day long. And you've told your wife, go on, don't worry, it's going to be fine, right? And then at the end of the Saturday, you're finding that hair is falling out in clumps off the back of your head because you're so stressed out from watching the kids all day long. And your wife comes back and you just want to go, oh, honey, I'm so glad you're back. Get rid of these kids. Sometimes we think other things can build those walls of peace, right? We got conflict inside the house. We think the mall is the place of peace, right? We, we run out to the mall. If I can just get inside, you got to get a new big screen TV. I'll put that up. The football games, yeah. I'll, be, I'll have so much peace watching that TV. There's so many things that we do to try to capture this elusive 
peace, but those are flimsy walls and we cover them with whitewash and we say, here's how we're going to find peace in our lives. And you know what yours are. You know what your flimsy walls covered with whitewash are. But Pastor Tim's going to come up here now and he's going to give us a true path to peace. The first point that I just simply want to make is the pathway to peace, and this is in your crosswalk notes, is a struggle. And we struggle to find um, this, this elusive path to peace in our lives. It's a pathway, and uh, it's a struggle to find it. Pastor Tim? Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I'm glad to be here and sharing the Word of God with you today. I appreciate the opportunity, especially because <clears throat> I've come up with this new way to find peace. And I want you all to go home and try it. I want you to go home and I want you to sit down and cross your legs and I want you to do some real good navel gazing. And that's how you're going to find peace. Just do some navel gazing. If you just, just do enough meditation, you just look to the power within, then, then you're going to find peace. But if you do enough navel gazing, you find out, hey, there's a little lint in there. There's some gooey stuff in there too. I mean... <clears throat> You find out that, that there isn't peace inside of yourself. And all that you can find inside of yourself is, is a lot of anger and rage and bitterness and, and stuff that makes you feel guilty. And, and then there's all that other stuff that people do to, uh, do to you. And you kind of get all bent out of shape about that. So where is this elusive peace that we've been looking for? Okay, I want you to do it. Go home today and just gaze at your navel. Then you will find peace. No, that's not it. <clears throat> the peace that we find is really in the Word of God that we have for today. Take a look at it in verse 13. It talks about forgiveness. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And we can't really jump into all this stuff yet because we've got to go back and remind ourselves. This is the fourth in the series, the Icon series, of course. And number four in chapter three, we're building on everything that came ahead of it. And so we need to remember, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is the icon. He's the exact representation of God. God is not some mysterious, invisible force out there somewhere who doesn't care about us, but he's a personal God, and, and he sent his son Jesus, and Jesus came down. He's God with skin on for us. And Jesus didn't just get born and then walk around. He, he lived a perfect life for us and he took upon himself all the stuff that we carry around every day, which we shouldn't carry around like a bunch of baggage. He took it upon himself on his shoulders so that he could bear God's punishment for our sin. He took that upon himself. Suffering the horror, the, the pain that you and I really deserve to suffer and he did this all for us. Not because we were such nice people, but because we needed his help. And so peace, the pathway to peace, it's not going to come from navel-gazing. It's not going to come from meditation. It's not going to come from anything but Jesus Christ. It needs to start right there. Because without Jesus, there is no hope. There is no relationship with God. There is no forgiveness. There is no way to get rid of that baggage of guilt. But with Jesus comes forgiveness of sins and so much more. 
the pathway to peace, it starts with Jesus. And it continues. It continues when we realize what this means, that our sins are forgiven, that now we have fellowship with God. In verse 12, Paul reminds us that we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now God is not just a big angry guy up there ready to squash us for all the things that we do wrong, but God is a God of love. God is not a God that we run away from because of our sin, but we actually run towards him with our sin and our guilt because we know that he is a God that forgives. And so we come to rely upon a God like this. We, we look to him for protection and we take all of our problems to him when things go wrong and when we're sad and when death even comes to our household and our, our family. Anything that goes wrong, we know that we can rely upon our God. So he actually changes us so drastically with this forgiveness of sins that we become a new person, a, a new heart, a, a new attitude that we want to do those things that he asks of us because we trust him. We know that he is a, a loving heavenly father who has all kinds of good stuff planned for us and we want to do what he wants us to do. And so Paul really, uh, if you want to take out your crosswalk notes, we're going to go through a list of things that Paul tells us as, as we talk about the pathway to peace, having peace with God. Now here's how you can have peace in your everyday life and he's got this list for us. Uh, it's kind of like... Um, you're going to go to the grocery store and there's so much stuff, you, you write it all down because you don't want to forget that stuff. And Hold on a second. <clears throat> yeah, hon, can you, can you look on the kitchen counter? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I left the list there and I, there was beans and cereal. Oh yeah, milk. Okay, I forgot that. <clears throat> Ever have that happen to you? You've got this important list and, and then you forget it at home. It doesn't do you any good. Well, we've got an important list here. We want to go through it together. Now, take a look at your crosswalk notes. We've got some fill-ins going on there. The first one is compassion, the Apostle Paul talks about. Compassion means to show mercy to those in need or those who are in suffering or in distress. The second one is kindness, which means to help others in any possible way without expecting payback. And when I think about compassion and kindness, what comes to mind is Adam Sandler as he's playing the character Mr. Deeds in that film, Mr. Deeds. And, and he was the kind of a guy that was kind and compassionate. He was helpful. He didn't care what other people thought about him. And so you can picture Mr. Deeds in that famous scene from the film. He's shimmying up this pole. He's helping this lady. And all of a sudden, cats are raining down out of this building. And, and the firemen, I think they had a trampoline instead of a net because the cats are bouncing all over the place. And little Pam Dawson catches one. But it's just an idea that the compassion and the kindness is what he showed so easily and that's something that we also want to imitate uh, to, to not worry about what other people would think but to think about the needs of other people compassion and kindness reminds me of Mr. Deeds humility is the next one we got to fill in on that one humility means to put the needs of others before those of yourself the second one after that is gentleness, which means to prefer to suffer injury rather than inflict it. And, and certainly with all of these, you, you could think about Jesus Christ, who, who does all of them perfectly. But talk about humility, the one who humbled himself uh, so that uh, he, he suffered death. 
to follow his father's plan so that we could be saved. That's Jesus. Uh, humility and, and compassion and gentleness and so on. The next one is patience. Patience means to possess a willingness to suffer without holding a grudge or vengeance. And the next one after that is forgiveness, to immediately let go of things that we could hold against the neighbor. When I think about these things, forgiveness and patience, it reminds me of the uh, Old Testament story of Joseph. And if you want to do a good Bible study this week, pick up the, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and take a look at the second half. There you'll find the Joseph stories. You'll find how his brothers mistreated him and, and sold him as a slave into Egypt. And, and eventually, of course, Joseph rose to a position of power so that, as Joseph once dreamed, his brothers even came and bowed down in front of him. And yeah, Joseph, now he had his brothers where he wanted them. Now he could finally get even. But Joseph didn't do that. The Bible tells us that Joseph forgave his brothers and showed kindness to them. He took care of them and reassured them after his father died that he wasn't going to get revenge. He wasn't going to get even. And certainly, last but not least in our, our list here, is love itself. Love means to engage in conscious, purposeful giving to the unloving or the unlovable. Do you see yourself in that? You and I are those unloving and unlovable that the God the Father loved by sending his son Jesus. And Pastor Jeff is going to expand on that a little bit more as, as we continue today. But uh, think about it. Pathway to peace. It starts with Jesus and the love and forgiveness of God. And now that we know about God and love him, we can have his peace in our lives every, more and more every day. We, we've got these clothes, Paul actually calls them, the compassion, the kindness, humility, clothes that we can put on so that people can see whose children we are. And we want to be more and more like Dad every day. We want to love the things that he loves, the good things he has in mind for us, but we also want to hate the things that our Father hates and despises the sin and the evil. Uh, even the sin and the evil that crops up inside of our own hearts because we know that it affects our lives. And so when it comes to all these different things, compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, do you suppose that these traits and qualities and virtues could make a difference in your everyday life, in your home, as a husband, as a wife, as a child? Certainly they can and they do. And as the Lord gives us the strength to put them to practice, there will be peace in our home and more and more as time goes on. And so we want to follow God's plan for us. If, if he uh, tells us that there's a certain way uh, that he designed marriage, uh, you look at verses 18 to 21, it talks about wives submitting and husbands loving and children obeying and so on. Uh, we love God. We know he loves us. We trust him. We know he's not going to lead us astray. So that leads us to our second point, that the pathway to peace... Uh, it's here somewhere. Oh, there it is. You have it on your notes. The pathway to peace is to walk in godly virtues, and that's our second point for today. We're going to turn over to Pastor Jeff. He's going to expand upon uh, how the love of Christ fits together with all that. Thanks, Pastor Tim. Let's pull out our crosswalk notes. Let's find out where we're at right here in Colossians chapter 3. Pastor Tim has just walked us through verses 12, 13, and 14 at the top, at the very top. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, 
and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You want to know what the pathway to peace is? You couldn't find it better laid out than those words that Pastor Tim just talked to us about. Get on that pathway, the pathway of compassion and kindness and humility. But Paul goes on, and in the next verses, he really tells us how to find that pathway. You know, it's one thing to know there is a pathway. If you're going hiking up in the mountains, and you know there's a trail that leads to the top of the mountain, but you can't find the trailhead, then you're in trouble. Paul identifies the trailhead for us in verse 15, 16, 17. Would you read it with me? Let's read it all together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now I want you to take your pen, and I want you to circle these three words right at the top. Let the peace of Christ, peace of Christ, circle those three words. What we're trying to talk about here this morning is that peace of Christ. And Paul says, let that rule in your hearts. Let that take over your hearts. That, that word rule literally means to be a referee or a judge in your heart. Let that peace so motivate and fill your heart that it literally judges everything that you do. It decides everything that you do. And this really takes us to the, to the final reason why we called this sermon series Icon. Pastor Tim a few moments ago, reviewed some of the reasons why we called this sermon series Icon. And Icon is a picture. And in the first week, we talked about how Jesus is the perfect picture of who God is and what his heart is toward us, how much he loves us and wants to grace us and, and takes away our sins. It's just a, Jesus is a perfect, beautiful picture of God in his heart. And then, and then we talked about how an icon can be a hero or a champion of something. And in Colossians chapter 2, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul tells us. He tells us that Jesus Christ is the champion of our freedom because of what Jesus has done on the cross, what God did by raising him from the grave. He is the champion of our freedom from sin and death, from, from, from all the things that want to tempt us in this life. He frees us from the power of sin and death and Satan. What an awesome freedom that we have because of Jesus. He's truly our champion. Last week, we talked about how an icon could be, become an object of worship. And how in the Old Testament, God, God forbid his Old Testament children to worship any images. And yet in the New Testament, God himself sends the one true image of himself. And he says, worship him. This is my son whom I love. He is true God and true man, and he is to be the object of our worship. I don't know if you noticed, there's one very modern definition, one very modern usage of the word icon that we have not yet used. What's the most common way that we use that word icon today? I think it's in conjunction with our computers, isn't it? What's an icon? 
Isn't it a little picture or an image maybe on your desktop? And, and what happens when you click on that icon? It leads you straight to the program that you need to use for your life, right? It's a shortcut, we sometimes call it, or a link to the program. Well, what the Apostle Paul is telling us this morning is that Jesus Christ is that kind of icon too. He, he's not only a picture of God. He's not only a champion of freedom. He's not only an object of worship, but he is a link to the godly program that will lead to peace in our lives. Pastor Tim just taught us what that godly program is, the humility and the patience and the love and the forgiveness and all of those things. If we run that program in our lives, in our hearts and in our minds, peace will come to us. But the link, the gateway, or if we want to talk about hiking, the trailhead to that pathway, Paul is telling us, is Jesus Christ. That's why he says, let the peace of who rule in our hearts? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When you have him in your heart, when you trust him, when he is the object of your worship, the champion of your freedom, when he is the one that is the one you look to and say, that's what God is like. When you have all that in your heart, you are going to go directly. He's going to link you directly to that pathway that leads to peace. And that's exactly what Jesus himself teaches. I want you to look at John chapter 15 that I put in your crosswalk notes. In John chapter 15, Jesus teaches about bearing fruit and living a life of love. But notice what he says. How can we bear fruit for God? How can we run that godly, peace-giving program in our lives? Well, Jesus uses another metaphor, another picture, an agricultural one, because that related to the people of his day. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. What's the gateway to the path of peace? What's the link? What's the icon that leads us to bear much fruit in our lives? Jesus tells us, I am that vine that will empower you to bear much fruit. Notice what he says next. Underline this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. On your computer, if you don't have a desktop link, an icon, you might, by going into your start menu and wandering around for a little while, be able to find a program that you need and run it. It's a little more difficult, it's tougher, but ultimately, if you work your way through, you'll find the program that you need. The program that Pastor Tim was talking about is unfindable unless you have this icon on the desktop of your heart, and that is Jesus Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't run this program that leads to peace without Jesus Christ. And he goes on by saying this. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. This is the whole, this is the whole trick to the trade. This is the whole gateway right here. When we remember how we were first loved by Jesus Christ when we remember all that he has done for us, poor sinners that we are, 
not deserving of any of his love or forgiveness, when we just recall how he went all the way to the cross for us, sacrificed his whole life for us, all of a sudden the unlovable and the unloved become completely lovable. The people that we struggle so hard to be patient with, the ones that we want to get angry with. All the, think about all those seven terms that Pastor Tim taught about and how sometimes we struggle to live those out with the people who are our neighbors. Sometimes the neighbors right under our own roof. It all becomes possible when we remember how Jesus first loved us, undeserving sinners in his grace. And isn't it awesome to bask into the, in the glow of God's grace, that love that forgives us even though we are sinners. That's an amazing thing. And so here's our third point that we want to make this morning. Very simple point. The link to the pathway that we're talking about, the pathway to peace, is the love of Jesus Christ. And we find that love in his word. Notice what Paul says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Why does he send us to the Word? Because it's in the Word that we meet this amazing grace and love and mercy of God. Let that Word dwell in you richly. Teach one another. Admonish one another, Paul says, with wisdom. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I come to church on Sunday morning and the band is up here and the words are just hitting home, I'm thinking, wow, how cool is the grace and love and mercy of my God. And that's what Paul says. Support one another by supporting getting one another into the word of God where we meet this amazing grace of God. Pastor Tim's going to come up now and just finish us off and talk about how that grace and mercy, how Jesus as the icon that leads to running to this program, that pathway leads right through our daily lives. Pastor Tim. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Jesus is a link. And without Jesus, he himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But you don't understand. We go out into the real world. It's a dog-eat-dog world. And, and everyone's trying to make a name for themselves. And we can so easily forget about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But let us never forget about that. Remember that you are a child of God. That the Holy Spirit lives in your hearts. That as it says in verse 17, now... Everything is different. Now we want to live a life that is like an offering to God, a thank offering for all that he has done. I'm not running around trying to do all kinds of good things because I'm like climbing this ladder to heaven by what I do. No, I'm running around doing good things to say thank you to my God. Just like it says, uh, the passage in the crosswalk notes there, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We're not free agents any longer. We belong to the Lord and we're going to do what is something that will build him up and not ourselves. Simon Birch was a little different than the other children. He uh, had a stunted growth. He, he had those thick glasses. He was picked on by the other kids, but you know, he was kind of a spunky little kid and he he, he just knew, somehow he knew that God had a destiny or a purpose for his life. And he was like other kids. He'd play baseball. He, he liked to go swimming. He was really good at it. And he'd practice holding his breath for a long time. And then one day, 
When they were coming back from a, a field trip and the, the brakes went out on the bus and the bus careened over into the lake, everybody began to realize as Simon sprung into action, they began to realize what his destiny was in life because he could swim and he could hold his breath and he managed to work really hard and he saved the lives of everybody on that bus. Sadly and tragically, Simon Birch lost his own life in the process of saving those of others. He was a real hero, a hero that all those who knew him ought to be very thankful for. You and I are a lot like Simon Birch. We struggle. We, we try to figure out, what am I here for? What is my purpose in life? Uh, I've got to find a better job, all those kinds of things. What is your purpose for living? We're a lot like Simon Birch, aren't we? We, we have a stunted growth because of our sins and, and, and rebellious desires. They, they hold us down. We don't grow spiritually the way we ought to. And our life is like a movie. What would it be like if, if there was this webcam focused on you 24-7? I mean, I know it wouldn't be pretty. I, I don't think you'd want to see when I, I get all worked up because I've got a bad temper and stuff. And of course, God sees every scene of the movie of your life. He sees it all, and that's not a comforting thought unless, wait a minute, you realize that as that movie is playing, right there is Jesus. With his big eraser, with a red rag soaked in his blood, washing and wiping away all of your sins so that when God looks at the movie of your life, he doesn't see your sins. Oh, they're there. You've committed them. You're guilty as charged. But he doesn't look at them and hold them against you. And so I can tell you today with great confidence... And, we, and, and it's my prayer that each one of you would, would walk out of here today realizing this and believing it with all your heart. The movie of your life is going to have a happy ending. 100% guarantee. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The movie of your life is going to have a happy ending. That brings us to our fourth, fourth point about the pathway to peace. The pathway leads or runs right through our everyday lives. Now, Paul talked about peace, and did you notice that in the last paragraph of our reading, how he went right to the family? There, that's not an accident. Look at verses 18 to 21 again with me, would you? Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. God, our Heavenly Father has given us so many wonderful things. He has put us on the pathway to peace. He tells us how to continue down that pathway. He gives us the energy and the strength by the Holy Spirit to live out the kind of life that he wants for us. And so if, if he asks us to love our wives, husbands, as Christ loved the church and be willing to sacrifice ourselves for them, that's where we can find happiness and joy. If the Lord asks us to submit to our husbands, to support him, that isn't a difficult task. As the Lord asks husbands to be the spiritual leaders in the family to the children, that they would obey their parents, all those things, we know that's all the pathway to peace that God has for us. And so as time goes on, it's my prayer for you that more and more, 
you would become more like Jesus Christ, that you would become more compassionate, more loving, more gentle, and all those virtues we talked about. Because you know that as time goes on, God the Holy Spirit is continually making us over. He's continually changing us from the inside out so that we can become and grow into our icon, Jesus Christ, so that we'd be more and more like him, so that other people could see this, this love, this gentleness. It's an attractive thing. Oh, may each one of us be just that for Christ. As the Holy Spirit makes us over, may others be attracted to the love and the warmth and the acceptance that we show to others, one sinner to another. Pastor Jeff? Your connection cards. Let's take a look at our next steps in the crosswalk for this week. It's a little white card that looks like this, and just flip it over on the back side. You'll notice a little box that says, My Next Steps Today. If you would be willing to just consider this in the upcoming week, stop whitewashing flimsy walls, walk with Jesus for true peace in your life, listen to Jesus' voice in the Bible as Paul called us to do in this book of Colossians, and check that little box next to that one. If you'd be willing to put on and walk in godly virtues, the ones that Pastor Tim taught us this morning, God promises to bless our sincere attempts to walk in his will in our daily lives. And check that little box. And if you'd be willing to meditate on and memorize Colossians chapter 3.15, then uh, please um, check that box. And here's what that verse reads, just again, to drive home the point of today's message. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to bring true, lasting, solid peace to us. Lord, help us to uh, stop building flimsy, whitewashed walls, our own ways and our own strategies to bring about peace in our lives. Help us to push all those out of our lives, Lord, to repent of those and to simply look to the one person who can bring true peace in our lives, our icon, our pathway to peace, Jesus Christ. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room that they will find that true peace that goes beyond all understanding and that no matter what conflict or what struggle or what weakness is going on in the lives of the people here today, that through Jesus' power and through Jesus' forgiveness, each and every one of us would find the peace that you hold out. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com.